Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. All right. I, I, the Lord had me wandering a little bit, and I can't get away from hunger. You know, hunger is healthy, right? When a little kid's sick and they're not hungry, you're like, oh, something's wrong, right? But with, with hunger, um, oftentimes we try to deny our flesh and we fast and we take a season to get hungrier for God as we get hungry in the natural, Right? And hunger in the kingdom, Bill Johnson said it really well, hunger in the kingdom makes, you know, is something that when you get fed, you get more hungry. Like, so when you hear the testimony of what God has done or you read the word of God, you now are hungrier for more. And hunger is actually a place of humility. Hunger is a place of humility. Hunger says that I know I need more. I'm not satisfied yet. Even though I've been fully satisfied by the Lord, I'm hungry for more. Hunger, I believe that healthy hunger in the kingdom will unlock your, your ability to find God. If you're hungry, right, James says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. And so often we, we wander around wondering where's God, but we're not hungry for more of Him. We're looking at our circumstances. We're looking at our situations. We're looking at blessings that we thought God had promised that haven't arrived yet. And we're wondering where God is because I'm not seeing Him in the present. And God says, actually, hunger more. Feed on me. Feed on my word and you will get hungrier for me. And so I want to look at a couple of psalms today, um, and my favorite psalm of all time, I was, I was in high school. I had had encounters with the Lord when I was younger, but I never gave Him my life um, up until uh, my conversion in 2005. And um, Psalm 63 wrecked me when I was little because I was like, I want that hunger for God, but I was never willing to abandon myself to the Lord. I wanted God, and I wanted the blessings of God, but I wasn't willing to give myself to Him fully. I, I held back from the Lord. How many of you have been there? Come on. I'm hungry for God, but I've held back. I'm waiting for something else to shift before I give Him everything. And that doesn't really work like that. So let's read Psalm 63. I'm just going to read the first eight verses. Oh God, you are my, I'm reading out of the New King James. Oh God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you as I live, while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fat. It was like the sweet treats, like the best, the best food. My soul will be satisfied 
as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that you're um, going to draw us into deeper encounters with you. God, I thank you that we're, we can hunger and thirst for you and that you do satisfy. And so, Father, I pray that today there would be a new hunger for you birthed in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh longs for you. There's this place that David is at where he says, all that I am wants more of you, my soul and my flesh. It's really interesting because it's not just that I want this um, spiritual encounter, I want a physical encounter. It's not just that I want, to, I want this encounter that's, you know, uh, in, in like I, I experience you in a vision, but no, I want to experience you in the natural as well. I believe that when we're hungry for God in every area of our life, He will show up in every area of our life. There's this reality that our hunger for God has to increase in every area of our life. He then says, in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, there is nowhere else that satisfies like the Lord. It, you know, you can be anywhere. Nothing will satisfy like the Lord. In a dry and thirsty land where there is no water, what well are you drinking from for satisfaction? There's a river of living water that flows out of us. What well are you drinking from? for satisfaction. He then says, so I have looked for you. Let's stop there. Are we looking? I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I love this because I will go where I know he is. I've looked for you in your sanctuary because I know you're there. This is the old temple, right? This is the old tabernacle. It's before the temple was built. He's like, I'm going to go where I know that you are. So I've looked for you in your sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I want to see your power and your glory. So I'm going to go where I know that you are. That's why I love corporate gatherings. You can find God in the wilderness. You can find him in the forest. You take your hike and encounter the Lord. Yes, but there's a different power and glory that comes upon the people when we come together corporately. Like we talked about last week in 2 Chronicles 5. They put away their divisions and they sang with one accord, with one voice, with one heart, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple to where no longer could any of the priests stand. There's a corporate authority on the glory of the Lord. You can find the burning bush. 
and get a revelation on your own. And yet, it was a pillar of fire and a cloud of smoke that caused the people of God to move. It was his tangible presence that caused the people of God to move. Corporately. Corporately. And I loved, I loved this reminder of the first time in the Septuagint that they, they translate the Hebrew into the Greek. And the first time they use the word ecclesia is at the base of Mount Sinai, right when they're about to go in and conquer this other territory. And it says that they gathered the gathering of the people of God to receive plans for battle. That's the first mention in the, in the Septuagint of ecclesia, the church. Listen, you can't gather for battle plans when you're off by yourself. I'm just saying. All right, let's look at the next. Oh, wait. I've looked for you in your sanctuary to see. I love this word to see. Because this word, the, the word I have looked means that to perceive It's bigger, it's perceive, and it also means to experience. I have looked to understand, to perceive it, and to encounter it. His power and his glory. And then he says, to see, right? And the word to see there means to discern. I've looked for you in the sanctuary... To see, to discern your power and your glory. How many of you know the Lord loves to operate in a mystery to us? And the Spirit of God will give you a discernment about where His power is and where His glory is when you're not sure where it is. God, what are you doing? Can we have those open, honest conversations with the Lord God? I don't know what's going on here. I need to see your power and your glory. I want to discern where it is. Right? Now, the next section says, because your love and kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Our encounters of his blessing, our encounters with his satisfaction, should always lead us to praise. It is very easy to neglect praise in the middle of our need. And when we see God bring in some blessing or some form of goodness or something that we're like, wow, that's really good. And then we can be like, oh, yeah, that was nice, God, thank you, and we move on. No, take a moment and praise. Take a moment and give him the glory for every blessing, for every time he satisfies your soul. We gave God glory yesterday because I spent a lot of hours on a weed eater knocking down tansy. And it was a glory moment because it's God's intended design for our property just showed up. Wait, it's a little thing. But wow, God, we give you praise. When, when your soul gets satisfied, give him praise. When you encounter a blessing, give him praise. We cannot neglect this in our hunger for God. Well, how, how, why is that important? Because 
The more that you see what God does, the hungrier you get. And if you don't give him praise, you're going to start feeling thirsty as if he's not around. But the thirst that we have to have, the hunger that we have to have is because we fed on his goodness. This last section says, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. Our hunger for God makes us dependent on God. Our hunger for God makes us dependent on God. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close. Now, the word there is clings. My soul clings to you. When we're hungry for God, it causes us to be dependent on God. This gets me to this cycle that that I believe God wants us to enter into, and this is laid out from Larry Crabb out of the book, The Pressure's Off, but in order to unlock our desire for God, I believe that we need to acknowledge our brokenness in order to really be hungry. We need to enter into a place of humility where we recognize we don't have it all together, and we're sometimes hungry for things that aren't God, And sometimes the patterns that I've built in my life aren't actually serving the Lord. They're serving myself in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I'm just saying. There's this reality that we need to find where we're at in our brokenness. And, And listen, God makes us whole. But we're still human. Right? We're still breaking out of old patterns, old mindsets, old lifestyles. I I love the amazing men of God in their 80s, and they're like, yeah, the Lord just corrected me on this. What? Why? They're sons. So, So we have to always remember where we're at in our encounters with God according to where it is that God is revealing our brokenness. We have, to, we have to really find out where we're at because when we come to the Lord, He will show us the areas that are not producing His glory. And if you're stubborn, you're going to get defensive, you're going to justify it, and you're going to enter into a deeper level of deception that the devil's in love with. He just loves when you write off God's correction because, well, I don't think he really understands what I've been through. And that correction is going to come from each other. Because we, we do love and admonish one another. If we're healthy, we can correct each other. If we're not healthy, we won't touch that bear because I don't want to get my hand bit type of thing. No, that's not this house. We receive correction. Anyone can be like, Chris, when you said that, that was really hard for me and that was offensive. And I want to receive your correction I want to receive it because I know that there are places in me that are still needing more of the glory of God. 
where there's more brokenness for me to recognize in my life. If we don't operate in that humility, we're not really hungry. We're not really hungry. You can say you're hungry all day long until you're corrected. What do you really want? Oh, you just want to feel good. Oh, okay. Discovering our brokenness will lead us to repentance. And repentance is foundational to transformation. If we don't repent, then we are continuing to move a path, down a path that leads to deception. God does not want us to be deceived. I'm not worried about the deception of the media for the children of God. I'm not worried about that because you have a deeper truth called the Spirit of God in you. There you're going to see something go, uh-huh, that's not right. Why? The Spirit of God will speak to you. The biggest area that we need to worry about deception in the kingdom is yourself. And if we continually deceive ourselves because we've built up patterns that worked for us, we'll continue to be deceived. But when we can recognize our brokenness, we can now take our brokenness before the Lord and we can repent of it. We can say, God, I do not want that anymore. I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to continue being deceived. I want to walk in your freedom and in your glory, God, because I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I'm coming after you. And he says, hey, this is in the way. Okay, let's get rid of that. That is called repentance. And if we're unwilling to take that step, you might not be a son. Repentance then takes us to a place of letting go. Repentance leads us to a place of abandonment with God. When we can acknowledge where we're at and then we go, God, I I need to change that. I want to change my mind. Will you change my thinking? Will you renew my mind according to your word and your purposes? Renew my mind. Renew my mind, Lord. I don't see that. Right? Sometimes when you get confronted on something, you can't see it. That's why they're confronting you. Hello? Hello? They might be saying it because you ain't getting it. <laughs> right? Are you guys okay? We good? All right. It's coming out way harsher than I thought it would. <laughs> so the reality is that The brokenness leads us to repentance, and then repentance leads us to abandonment. It says, God, I'm entrusting it to you. I'm going to put this in your hands. I'm going to let go of it. God, I want to receive everything that you have for me, and I'm going to let go of that thing that I thought I needed to hold on to. I now enter into a place of abandonment to God, and when I'm abandoned to God, he now shows me who I really am. He now reveals who we are. Now I can move forward in confidence. I can have confidence in what God's doing. I can have confidence in what God's saying because when an area of brokenness comes up for me, I can lay it down before the Lord. I can repent and be fully abandoned to whatever the Lord has for me. And it's in that moment that he says, now you're my son. 
Now we can move forward because nothing is hindering this movement. Be confident in what I put in you. Be confident in what I've said to you. It doesn't happen if you don't let go. How's God going to put identity in your hands when you're still hanging on to your old man? Let go. So that you can be confident in what God is doing. And in that area of brokenness in your life that you're dealing with, it's fully released to the Father. Now it's fully released to the Father. It's His. This is where Paul can say, I prayed three times that you would take this thing from me. And the Lord shows up and says, listen, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Wow, it's because you let it go. Amen? This is a really a, a key place for us in this season, I believe, that our hunger should lead us to brokenness, to seeing the areas that were broken and then immediately repenting and then letting it go and abandoning ourselves wholly to the Lord in it. Whatever that area is, we got to abandon ourselves to the Lord in it. God is looking for a people that he can whisper to and they run miles based on a whisper. We're not looking for 30 confirmations. We're listening to the whispers of the Holy Spirit. The other aspect of this that I think is really important is that God is faithful and he will encounter us as we seek him. He, he is faithful and he will encounter us as we seek him. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 107. And I'll look at verses 33 through 38. I just want to read it because so often we don't find our brokenness because we're pursuing God's blessing. Sometimes we don't find our brokenness because we're not pursuing Him, we're pursuing His blessing. We're we're pursuing the fruit of His presence instead of His presence. We're pursuing what He does for us more than Him. We all do it. Come on now. I'm not the only one. When I find that I'm like, God, why aren't you doing, I have to stop. Why, why isn't, why, 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 why didn't that work out the way that I thought you said it would? Stop. Just pause. Put it in the hands of the Lord. That's an area of brokenness. Because I've put an un- real expectation on the Father as if He is here to meet my demands. I'm here to partner with what the Lord is doing. So in the spaces where we're in between, the spaces where we're not seeing the fruit of what we thought God was going to do, He says, will you find me in the midst? Will you find me in the midst? Because you just sowed that seed. That seed has to die first before it can grow. Can you give it time? Let's read Psalm 107, verses 33 through 38. 
It says, he turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground. A fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of those who dwell in it. It's a good reminder. It's a good reminder that God will do what God wants to do. And there, when you're like, oh, God, you just turned this into a desert. God, you did it. can we just find our brokenness? Okay, God, where, I need you. Where's my brokenness? When I'm not seeing the fruit of it, where's my brokenness? God, when I'm not experiencing your goodness in this moment, I know that you're good. So God, will you shift me and change me so that I can be confident in who you are? When I'm not, when I saw this beautiful, bountiful land turn into a desert, I'm not going to be like, oh God, you're, you've messed it up. God, I'm just going to bring myself because how many of you know, as humans, we always carry a capacity to do evil. This is 1 John that says, if anyone among you says that they have no sin, they are a liar and the truth is not in him. Let's just own the fact that we can do bad things if we want because he's given us free choice. He's given us the ability. So instead of, when we're not seeing God move, understand that, okay, God, I'm just coming to you and saying, will you change me? Because the next verse says the exact opposite. He turns a wilderness into pools of water and a dry land into water springs. There he makes the hungry dwell. Charismatic movement, we don't like to talk about the consequences of sin much. Sometimes it's your sin that's made the desert. So can we just come to the Lord with our brokenness and areas where we're failing and go, God, I need you. God, I need you. God, I need you. I want to repent. I'm going to repent, and I'm going to let it go. I'm going to put it in your hands. And he's like, oh, now my grace can flow. I'm going to take that desert and turn it into a pool of water. There, in that place, there he makes the hungry dwell that they may establish a city for a dwelling place and sow fields and plant vineyards, that they may yield a fruitful harvest. He also blesses them, and they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. God wants to make a place for the hungry to dwell so that he can provide increase so that he can make something happen, not you, so that he can do a thing through you and in you. This is not, this is not an ode to, I got to do more in order to see God bless. No, it's abandoning ourselves to the Lord. There's this really interesting thing. If we talk about being hungry in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, it says, So he humbled you. He's talk, uh, this is Moses talking to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy 8. He says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. 
He humbled you and allowed you to hunger. As if being hungry was a good thing. He allowed you to hunger and he fed you with manna. You know what manna, the, the translation of manna? What is it? They don't even know what it is, but they're supposed to feed on it. Fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. When you are hungry for God, you will want the word of the Lord. When you're hungry for God, you're not trying to fix a problem. You're not trying to strategize. You're not trying, no, I just want the word of the Lord. Will you stand with me? God, we want, we want you. We want you. I just want you to consider, in just a moment of silence, I, I want you to consider any areas of brokenness that have been in your life that the Lord highlighted to you while I was speaking, right? We listen for the voice that's within the voice. So listen to the Holy Spirit now speaking to you now about any areas of brokenness that have been in your heart that you know that the Lord wants you to put in his hands. If you need to repent, repent. God, I'm asking for your word. I want to follow your word. God, I'm asking that you change my heart and my mind. Renew me according to your word. Forgive me, God, for holding on to my pride in the way that I see the world instead of repenting, and choosing to give it to you. Allow the Lord to change your mind right now. God, I want to see what you see. I want to go after things that you're saying. Not my own way, God, your way. And now I want you to take that. If you can sum that up in one word in your mind, do it. Sum it up into one word in your mind. Whatever the core th thing is, just take a moment, sum up that thing, that area of brokenness, sum it up into one word. Now I want you to imagine the word is a block, like it was carved in wood, and I want you to put it in your hands.
Just hold it in your hands right in front of you. Hold that block of wood with that word on it. Now I want you to lift it up to the Father and let him take it. Just let him pull it right out of your hand. Say, Lord, I'm abandoned to you. Come on, say it out. Lord, I'm abandoned to you. Everything that we give the Lord is never just a gift, it's an exchange. And with that, he's exchanging that thing that you gave and he's giving you a new name and a new identity and he's putting it, that into your hands. So receive the word of confidence in who you are. Let him put it in your hands. And say, Lord, I receive it. God, we receive your word over our life, over our identity. Father, I thank you that we can always point to this place where we know that there's still some brokenness. And so, Father, if I ever get ahead of myself, help me find that place. God, if I'm ever in a place where I think I know it all, help me stop and remember my brokenness. God, that I I would continually be upgraded in who I am because I can exchange, I can exchange my brokenness for wholeness. And I can exchange those areas where I'm deficient with your efficient, with your sufficiency, because you are more than enough for me, God. Can you say that, God? You are more than enough for me. I want you above everything else. God, I pray right now that you would just birth hunger birth hunger in each of our hearts, hunger that's not impeded by our pride, but God, that we would walk in such deep humility to honor you with our life, that we're willing to go to any length to see you move in it. Father, we love you, and we thank you for this blessing today to exchange our brokenness for your wholeness. Today, right now, we thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 How many of you know God's good? Yeah. And He's got really good plans for all of you. He's got really good plans for all of you. What that means is that every time you encounter your brokenness, you can trust that He will exchange it for something way better. Every time. Amen. Amen. Give God praise, will you? Amen. The altar is open. If you feel like you need ministry in some way, Meek and I will be here. We're glad to pray with you. Um, And um, um, yeah, Tim and Deborah, are you guys available? Okay. Okay. So how about Tim and Kevin? So if you guys need prayer for anything, feel free to come up and receive prayer. We're going to come into agreement with you. If this brought up something that you're like, I need some more help with, will you tell us? Please speak up and just say, I need a hand with that. God God wants to encounter you in the middle of that. Your struggle, your battle, you're not alone. 
You're not alone. I'm going to say it again. You're not alone. Amen? Amen. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.